Do you know the author? No, I don't. And I don't know the title either. But it's a blue book, and it kind of gives the whole story. You know. Have you a real love of books and learning? Welcome to episode 22 of Adventures in Library Instruction. This is January 2011, and uh, it's our first podcast of the new year. So welcome back from uh, holiday break, everybody. I guess we're, we're well back at this point, most of us. Um, I'm Jason Puckett. I'm a communication librarian at Georgia State, and I blog at jasonpuckett.net. I am... Well, happy 2011 to everybody first. And I am Anna Vanskoyke. I work at a public library in the New Jersey, state of New Jersey. Uh, I blog. I actually blogged last night. Run to your computers and read it uh, at firstconclusions.com. <laughs> I talked over your URL, firstconclusions.com. But you're, you're blogging more than I am these days. I find that hard to believe, Jason. No, I haven't. I blogged today for the first time in like a month. Yeah, it's tough. Hi. Uh, I'm a science librarian at Academic... No, where am I? American University. Wow. <laughs> I'm sorry. I had an, an early morning class <laughs> this morning. Um, and I don't blog, but I'm a very lazy tweeter at Butternut Squash. And our guest this month is Catherine Pellegrino. Welcome, Catherine. Hi, thank you. Hi. Uh, why don't you uh, tell us briefly what you do and where you work and uh, plug your blog a couple of times while we're talking. To you. <laughs> okay, I'll do my best to be uh, a self-promoter here. Um, I'm Catherine Pellegrino. I am a reference librarian and the coordinator of instruction at St. Mary's College in Notre Dame, Indiana. That is the St. Mary's College that's across the street from the University of Notre Dame. Um, there's something like 25 St. Mary's colleges in, in, uni- in the United States. Um, yeah, it's a little, it's a little crazy. There are two, there are two in Indiana, actually. Um, and I blog at spuriousTuples.net. Um, and I'm also an active participant in the Library Society of the World, which mostly meets on FriendFeed these days. Cool. Well, thank you. We're um, very happy to have you on this month. Yeah, and I'm delighted to be here. I'm, I'm totally psyched about this. Can you can you explain in a sentence or two what spurious tuples means? Sure. Actually, there is there is actually a technical explanation on the blog itself. Um, if you click on the link that says "What is a spurious tuple," um, which, by the way, is one of the top Google searches leading to my blog. <laughs> yeah, that is some specialized search engine optimization right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of lot of people taking databases classes who are really confused who find their way to my blog. Um, a, spurious, <laughs> a spurious tuple is something that happens when you build a database badly, 
Um, and don't link, don't link tables on primary keys or foreign keys. Um, and there's, there's a far more technical explanation than that, but basically that's what happens. And I learned about spurious tuples when I was taking a databases class in library school. And uh, some of my, uh, classmates and I looked at each other and said, that would make a great name for a band. And I said, yeah, or, or a website. And there you have it. So you went for the nerdier of the two options. Well, yeah. well I didn't understand the non-technical explanation. Obviously, I didn't have a databases class <laughs> in library school. So, um, yeah. Well, I'm not sure I still under, I still remember what it means, but I, I know that that's the explanation. Awesome. It's so because I read it, and I got very scared. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm not going to know what this woman's saying today. <laughs> <laughs> I know. She's really smart and stuff. I told you guys. <laughs> Yeah, but I don't even know what the, what the name of my blog means. So, you know, there you go. That's why I stuck with butternut squash. <laughs> I will never not know what that is. Because <laughs> the explanation is you like butternut squash, right? It sounded good. That's, yeah. that's, it's not even that I particularly like it. I mean, it's delicious, but, you know, I don't go out of my way to have it. <laughs> So um, for three of the four of us on the call, we're starting off the semester, and we were just chatting before we started recording, and for for some of us, the instruction season has already started. I, I have my first class next Tuesday, and we're recording this on a Thursday. Um, you guys are teaching already, huh? I have, a, I have my first class tomorrow. My first class was today, as I mentioned before, and I have some more next week. We had at Georgia State. We had like a uh, almost a full week of snow days. Um, uh, as far as the students were concerned, they got four days off. We got three days off, the first week of classes. So, I I haven't quite figured out what that's going to do to the the teaching schedule yet. It seems like the um, professors are still asking me for classes starting around the same time. But I know some of my colleagues have already started teaching this week. So I I don't think it made a big difference. Um, the students just got an extra week off. So I'm well, nobody, kind of, nobody does anything the first week of class anyway. So. Yeah, right. I mean, it's hand, out, <laughs> hand out the syllabi and the students syllabi, come to the library yeah. And, yeah. and ask for their textbooks, and then we explain over and over again. <laughs> I think that's our number one oh, yeah. reference question oh, yeah. at the start of the semester. So They never cease to be amazed when we don't have it. Like, no. what? <laughs> it's a textbook. You must have it. Yeah. And I like it when they tell you the name of the class, but they don't know the name of the book. Well, I don't teach. As you, I'm the, I'm the one. I'm the, I'm the one that doesn't belong here. With, with the <laughs> mystery, so no, I, that's uh, not true. <laughs> in a former life, I was an academic librarian. It, uh, I was telling them that I haven't really stopped. Although I will admit, I don't teach. As when, when y'all get in your teaching modes, you're like in the thick of it. I mean, sometimes more than one class a day. And I've had two this month, and then I'm, I'm pretty much done for this month already. But I did want to talk about my first one I did this month, which wasn't your traditional class. Um, it was actually an outreach um, endeavor where I went to a local senior community center, and they wanted me to talk. It was like a, they do a tips and tricks every month, and um, the topics can vary from cloud computing to how to make your computer run faster. And they wanted me to talk about Facebook, and I was expecting – you know, maybe 25 people, and it, was, it wasn't it was going to be hands-on. It was just going to be uh, basically a presentation, 
And Milt, the gentleman I worked with, told me to expect, he said, you know, I said about 25, he says no 50, and I said okay, and I got there, and the chairs were filled up, and they kept bringing in more chairs, and more chairs, and more chairs, and there was 100, there ended up being about 100 <gasps> participants. Wow. 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 <laughs> and then there was no internet. Oh, oh good. No. no! Very nice. <laughs> Thank some omnipotent being that I had screenshots out the wazoo and I just took it from there. But what was so neat about this session was that even with my screenshots, I was kind of glad that I didn't have the internet because I had the variety of people who were already on Facebook and those who weren't on Facebook yet. And so it turned into this huge 75-minute Q&A session, basically. And I could just scan. I happened to have screenshots of things I could show them for the questions that they, they were asking. It was so – I was lucky, basically, because I, I didn't have a chance. I didn't, there wasn't ever a question that came up where I was like, I don't know how to explain that to you right now <laughs> because, <laughs> because of the lack of Internet. Um, so it was – it was interesting just to see everybody there, um, and the coordinators came up afterwards, and they said it was one of the most interactive sessions they had ever seen. I haven't spoken to a class or a group that big in an instruction capacity since probably when I was at the University of Georgia, when I spoke to, like, the, it was the anthropology of eating. You know, like, 200 kids were in the class or whatever. Um, so it was kind of scary, but uh, interesting. It was good. Is- I can't believe you had. I'm sorry. I, I'm just. I'm shocked that you had um, all those still shots. Yeah. You bring with you. Yeah, I'm. Well, I'm totally impressed by the by the screenshots. Because yeah. it's. I've done a lot of the classes here at at my branch library, and so I know a lot of the questions that come up, and so they're things I tend to try to cover in each of the classes. I mean, they're not asking about the more groups per se are you know, kind of the newer things that are on Facebook. They want to know about making lists. They want to know about um, finding people. It, just really the basic question. So I just kind of gathered those things that I had been teaching for the past two years, and I happen to have it all. That's it. So I had that background, I mean, which I think helped me prepare for that. And I, I always, I'm always ready for the no Internet thing because that's ha- that happened to me in my first professional job at the University of Georgia, and just ever since then, I just feel like I have to have something in my back pocket in case something happens. I used to do that. Like, when I first started out in my instruction class, they would tell you, always have a backup, you know? Like, think of everything that could go wrong and then have some some other way of taking care of it. And I've totally forgotten about that. So I'm really impressed, Anna. Yeah, me too. I mean, when, when I first started, when I first started teaching, the databases were a lot less, um, stable than they are now and so we would often have like a whole powerpoint of screenshots that would walk you through the presentation Mm -hmm. um but they're so much more stable now and my teaching is so much less scripted that you know you can't i can't have screenshots that would walk you through a presentation because i don't know what i'm going to search on until i walk into the class and ask the students what their topics are you know and this was definitely me. I mean, it wasn't like I went from one PowerPoint to in a sequential matter. I was jumping oh, yeah. around the place, basically, to show, give an example. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, it was just kind of collecting. It's not like I sat for hours and hours beforehand doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, I did try to do some uh, video just in case, but uh, 
again, if I didn't have internet, how was I going to go to YouTube to show it or whatever? And I tried to download it. There's this one, I can't remember what it's called. Um, you can download a YouTube video onto your computer. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I can't, there's a, there's a few soft, there's a bunch of software out there and I can't remember the one I used, but anyway, it didn't work. I, I went to go show it and it just, it wasn't compatible with the machine I was using there. Yeah. Have a backup. (laughs) (laughs) But also the other neat thing was that they wanted me to do a course, a Facebook course. And uh, I I really can't because they they pay, they charge a fee for it. And so I just feel as a public librarian, it just doesn't sit well with me to go teach a course where people are paying for it. So I'm actually working with the coordinators and I'm putting together the curriculum and then I'm kind of going to train them and then they'll do the teachings. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, neat. I'm I'm amazed at the turnout for that though. You you had a hundred people show up for a Facebook session. That is just staggering to me. <laughs> I mean, but uh, I'm not given given really. th- this is a senior center. Yeah, community yeah. center. Yeah, yeah, grandkids. And that's kind of the gr- yes, and that's and I, that's what they said. They're like, my grandkids are on it. My um mm-hmm. my kids are on it. They're doing pictures. They want to see the pictures. And and I'm sure there's been articles out there about the. I mean, I don't think Facebook is taking over Flickr when it comes to pictures, but I think that even if you look at their interface now, Facebook's interface now, it's definitely more image uh, heavy at this point. That's so, funny. The, yeah. the, two, the two parents in the room said, oh, well, it's for grandkids, obviously. <laughs> okay. It's amazing what technological barriers seniors will overcome in order to see their grandkids. <laughs> Which brings me to my one I did last night. I did Skype last night, and at one point I had two, this couple was in, and they were basically getting on it to talk to their child and the grandson, and they got through to their grandson, and I thought the mom, the grandmother, was going to burst with excitement. (laughs) I mean, physically, she turned purple. I mean, she was just beside herself because she could see her grandson. I almost started crying. I'm like, oh, my God, this is beautiful. (laughs) So... I kind of like, I mean, you know, it's taken me a while to get into the instruction groove, but I'm starting to really enjoy it. So, again. Well, I have to say, I'm kind of anxious about the uh, uh, the coming semester because I just feel like I have so much going on. You know, I'm doing a couple of sort of extracurricular um, projects, and I'm, I'm traveling in a, um, a few weeks to give a, a conference presentation, and I'm trying to write at the same time, and at the same time instruction season is about to hit me really hard next week. I've got 11 classes scheduled for the next two, two and a half weeks, something like that. So um, I'm not quite sure how I'm going to manage my time. I'm, I'm glad I haven't had more requests, but I expect that they're coming. And fortunately, these are all classes that I've done before. You know, I keep talking about the... Um, uh, this first year that I've been the communication librarian, it's been all these new classes that I hadn't worked with before. So far, knock on wood, at this point, they're classes that I've all done at least once, and I know the professor, and I know the assignment and everything. So I shouldn't have as much prep time. I'll just be, you know, kind of refreshing myself from what I did last semester or the one before. But I'm really worried about balancing all the time to get all of this stuff done. And I think what it's just going to mean is I'm going to have to do some work on weekends and stuff for a little while. So, no. um, yeah, I know, I know, um, just to get the, all the, the writing and the presentation prep and stuff like that done, because 
Um, my, my whole calendar is about to fill up with classes. Oh, I do have one new class coming up. I just remembered. Um, professor, I talked with like last year about this new going to be required course. It's an argumentation class. And he wants me to come in and do a library session. He said he wants me to do something a little bit different. He wants uh, me to come in and just sort of have an informal uh, discussion with him for about half the class period, so like 45 minutes, about just about research methods, basic research methods. It's a 200-level class, and but, but sort of talk about their topics because it's going to be like a debate kind of class. And so they'll have to do research, but it, it's one of those that could be the topic could be anything and everything. So, uh, so I've got that coming up, and he actually kind of wants to talk to me about planning the research assignment a little bit, which is the first time I've had a professor actually ask me that. Oh, that is so that's great. Which is really neat. And this yeah. is this is a very senior professor, so I was really surprised that that he would suggest that. You know, I thought. Uh, some of the grad student instructors that I've worked with or whatever, we've had some back and forth talk about it, uh, um, assignment planning. But, I mean, this guy is, is an associate or a full professor, and um, but it's a new class for him. So I know he's sort of uh, in the experimental stages, and um, I, I just think it's really cool that he's, he's interested in talking about that. Um, so that's, that's kind of what's going on with me right now, I think. Um, like I said, some of my colleagues have already started teaching this week. I know you guys are starting to teach this week. Um, so my, yeah, my first class is coming right up. I've got a lot of the journalism 2500 coming up, which is the sort of the basic, um, uh, write a research paper class that all the, all the journalism majors are required to take. And I, I worry that it's, kind of boring for them. Um, I, you know, I'm never quite sure of an interesting way to, to put that. It's uh, For a lot of them, I think it's kind of the first time they've done scholarly journal-type research in a focused way. For some of them, it is anyway. And so I talk about that a lot, um, but I have a hard time making that one interesting. Um, but um, so I've got several sec several sections of that and um, uh, some other, I was about to say, more interesting classes, which I shouldn't really say, but it's, it's uh, <laughs> classes where I think the students are going to be more interested in the topic, let me put it that way, and, and I think they'll, they'll be a little more engaged. So. That sounds great. I'm excited about you meeting with the professor. That's, um, that's just neat to be involved from the beginning. Yeah, that's something that I'm yeah. still, still trying to figure out and work on how to, how to get that relationship going with the, with the, with the faculty. And my class. Mm. Go ahead. Oh, I was just saying my class this morning. Um, she had a research assignment that she didn't send to me beforehand. Um, so, so it told me what it was going to be about. And then um, when she announced it to class, she said, "I want you to have um, two primary sources and no more than two web resources." And so, like the very first question was, "Well, does a newspaper article count as a web resource? Does an online article mm -hmm. count as a web resource?" <laughs> and so. Um, so she kind of left it up in the air and then I started talking. I was like, well, if I were to create this, you know, what I would suggest is <laughs> um, to have primary sources and secondary sources. And, you know, this is what it means for environmental studies. And lo and behold, she actually changed the assignment while I was talking. On so the spot in front of the class. Nice. Yeah, I know. It was really cool. But again, um, I, I, it seems to be that people that are new to a class – in this case, an adjunct um, lecture, 
seem to be much more open to, to those kinds of, you know, on the fly and working with you and much more flexible. I think they seem to be the low hanging fruit when it comes to partnering. Mm, with that for that's, that, that's an interesting, I, I'm going to have to think about that because we've got, we've, I, you know, we're a small liberal arts college, so we don't have a whole lot of the a whole lot of the adjunct thing going on, but we do have some, and I've got a few that I'm thinking of of maybe maybe as possible targets for you know, mm-hmm. I could work with you on this. We can help mm-hmm. you with this. Yep. Hmm. Catherine, how long have you been at St. Mary's? I have been there in my current position for three years as of this January. Okay. Yeah. And you were there before that, doing a different. Uh, same kind of thing or in the same yeah it's 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 a complicated it's a complicated thing um i started in the summer of two well in the fall of 2006 in a one-year half-time contract position with the library doing a Uh very specifically targeted collection development project yeah, it was wild. I had never done collection development before. I had no training in collection development. I sort of learned it on the fly. Um, and so yeah, I, I know how that feels. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was um, it was a wild ride. Um, so I had that position for a year, and then while that while I was working in that position, they opened a position in reference and instruction, and I jumped on that like you would not believe because reference and I mean that was like my dream job. Yeah. Um, and so luckily I got hired to that position and then started in January of 2008. And had you taught before then or was this your first teaching? Experience? It was my it was my first real full instruction position. Before I came to St. Mary's, I had a two year position at North Carolina State where I was a library fellow. And one of my assignments in that fellowship program was in the reference department with the instruction librarian. So I was doing instruction there, um, but it was only part of what I was doing. And I wasn't like the person who was negotiating with the faculty. It was like, oh, we've got this class that we need to have covered and nobody else is available. Can you do it? Um, So I had done, I had certainly done instruction before, but I had, I, this is my first, like, you are the instruction librarian. You are the entire instruction department, as a matter of fact. (laughs) And you are instruction. (laughs) Yes. Oh, and by the way, we've never had an instruction librarian here before, so nobody exactly knows what to do with you. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Yeah, it was, it was great. It was, it was cool. But, um, but it was it was also really good because nobody had been the I mean instruction had been shared between the reference librarians, kind of, and so having one person who was like this is my central responsibility was re- turned out to be really good for yeah. the library and for the college um, as a whole. At least I hope it's been good. I mean, I you know our instruction stats are are growing and and stuff. I mean, I hope people will say it's a good thing. Maybe it's maybe it has. It's interesting because when you first said that it was a, a newly created position, my stomach, I mean, my physiological reaction was my stomach dropped. But then, you know, after the, after the, after the paranoia faded away after a couple of seconds, you think about it. I mean, and that's yours to really start holding. And, yeah, and exactly. Where you, I mean, you don't have all this stuff to sludge through. and I mean, you do, I guess, your thoughts, but not, people don't say that's how we've always done it you know, kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, there, there was, a, there's been a certain amount of that's how we, how we've always done it. But, um, 
But the idea of having like one person who's central core responsibility is instruction and and more than that information literacy because they really had not been doing a lot with with information literacy as opposed to bibliographic instruction yeah uh, prior to my arrival so Catherine, are you do you do the majority of the teaching or is it still spread out amongst everyone yeah i do probably I've never actually run numbers, but it's somewhere between 85 and 90%, I would, I would guess. I mean, I do wow. something like 35 to 40. Wait a minute. No, no, it's more than that. I don't know. But, um, the other librarians do maybe three or four or five sessions, sections a semester and I do the rest. So that's quite a workload. <laughs> well, I mean, we're a tiny college. We've got 1,400 students, so it's not that big a workload. But and I'd like it to be bigger. Um, like, <laughs> like constantly trying to to build the program. But um, yeah. How many? Uh, how many? How big is your library in terms of staff and librarians, Catherine? We have seven uh, full time librarians, including the director, and I think five FTEs, five and a half FTEs of paraprofessionals. Okay. So we're we're kind of under we're well compared to other colleges uh, compared to our 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 peers we're understaffed, Um, but that's unlikely to change much in the near future. Yeah, (laughs) I was just going to say that um, it's you had mentioned I think Jason when you were introducing Catherine you were talking or maybe Catherine you had mentioned that about your involvement with LSW Library Society. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, um, I was on Fronty today, and I've been trying to figure out. I've, I haven't. Thought, I'm very embarrassed to say this because I feel like I'm an assessment. Um, what is the word I want? Uh, I, I, the thorn in your side when it comes to assessment. Like I, I've just <laughs> always been a, a believer in it, and I, I've you know tried to programmatically in past positions um, get people on board with assessing their programs, et cetera. And I have not done evaluations really um, since I started teaching in the public library sector. And I finally, I did an evaluation last night and I, I now when I got it back, I'm like, what in the world was I asking? Was I high? <laughs> I mean, it was just, it was poo. It was just nothing. That was, I got nothing. I got nothing. Oh, I, I guarantee it was no worse than 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 some of the some of what I've seen. I, I guarantee you. <laughs> um, Did you ask a I, yes no question and give them a Likert scale to 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 grade it? Okay, so see, it's not as bad as you think it is. So I posted this to the library society of the world's um, feed today, I said, hey, I'm looking for some workshop program evaluations, you know, things that you kind of, not not necessarily, you know, what, I, what I'm used to working with, we come up with these learning, object, learning objectives, you figure out the activity to go along with it, and then you assess whether they got it or not. I just wanted something, was the program or workshop valuable? I mean, Mm-hmm. And it was funny. The first comment on it was paging Catherine. I mean, <laughs> that was Jason, by the way. That was Jason who said that. Or was no, it, it, it wasn't me. Oh, it was Steve. It was Steve. I'm sorry. It was Steve. That's right. Okay. And so I saw that and I'm just laughing. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to be on Skype with her tonight. <laughs> but it was, I really, what you said was very insightful. And even though I, I feel like I, I understand assessment, 
it's always like you still need to hear it. I mean, I feel like I should have like a poster up, not above my bed because that would be a little scary, but somewhere where I see it all the time. And just to remind myself of the questions to ask myself, what do I want to test? What do I want to find out? And then the bigger issue, I think, is wording those questions and getting um, to get what you want to find out. Well, but thank you have to well, thanks. I, I I hope it was useful. I I have to I have to say that every, pretty much everything I know about assessment I learned in the two years that I was at North Carolina State working with Megan Oakleaf, um, who is quite a rising star in the library assessment world. Um, she was my boss in the reference department, and um, she basically taught me everything I know about assessment. So, um, you know, I, I can't really claim any of it for myself. It's just all like, you know, what I learned from Megan in two years at NC State. Um, but yeah, so I'm glad it was, I'm glad it was helpful. And the, one of the things that I learned, and I wish I could remember her explanation for why this is the case, but one of the best questions you can ask is, would you recommend this to a friend or to a colleague or to whatever the relevant um, person is? Because and I, I wish I could remember her explanation, but apparently that gets you much more valid and reliable results than questions like, did you like it or would mm-hmm. you go or would you do it again or something like that? And I don't know. I, I wish I could remember the, 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 the research why, but it's it's a really, really good question to ask. Well, it, it that's, gives... That's a great question. Sorry, Jason, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, it gives them sort of a, a concrete scenario to imagine, as mm-hmm. opposed to, mm-hmm. did you like it, which is just, you know, that's that's more inclined to just get you a polite response. Right. And if you ask, would you do it again? I mean, well, if you learned, you know, why would you do something, why would you do a, a program or a class again? I mean, it's, it's kind of a nonsensical question. Mm-hmm. The other thing, the other component that I remember you suggested was um, what was the most useful thing. Yeah, that was something you on, Yeah, that was something on the two. The two so people people posted some showed like what what their evaluation forms look like, and they right, had right. they had what was useful, and I think that's a really good question too. One of the things I toy with. Um, are we all familiar with the minute paper, the one minute paper where you mm-hmm. ask basically? Mm-hmm. Okay. Just real quick, you ask one thing that one thing that I basically one thing that they learned today and one thing that you're still unsure about. Right. And I'm wondering if that's I, I don't know if that's something the route I want to go. I'm still trying to kind of wrap my head around that. And, and is that going to give me I mean, it'll give me, I guess, things that I know that they still don't understand and something that they learn. But that's not really gauging the value of the class to me. I mean, right. Yeah. Well, I, and it, it's it to me, it sort of it sort of comes well, there, there are two questions. One is, are you going to do this program or something like this program again? And if you are, then that what are you still confused about is something that you, if it's something that you did cover, then you can cover it differently or try to like emphasize it more. But if you're not, then it just leaves you with, oh, they don't understand this. How am I going to fix this? And you can't because you're never going to see these people again. I'm not going to see them again. (laughs) Well, what I used to do, and this was obviously this was with a, you know, a a college class um, and not a a public library audience. But what I used to do is I would say I I would put a a space for your email address. And I and I told them that's completely optional. If you want to put your email address, I will write back to you about whatever it was you say 
you're still confused about or whatever. And so that was a good way to get follow-up contact with students. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's a really good idea. If it's something, if it's a group that you want to build some kind of an ongoing relationship, you know, over the course of a semester or whatever, then that's where that, that's another way that that can come into play. Right. Um, and if you, and if you have time to write all those emails. Well, you know, I would just do it like, uh, you know, if I had an evening reference shift, uh, I remember oh, yeah. one time after the, after the class, I would just sit down that, you know, the same day I would go onto the reference desk that evening and just sit down and write them all out. And it took me, you know, an hour or something. Cause half the questions were, how do I find a journal article? And, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> which I had showed them already, but you know, it was, it was that kind of thing where it wasn't so many different questions that I couldn't, you know, copy and paste a little bit. So, mm-hmm. um, and not all of them put their email address and some of them said they weren't confused about anything and that was fine. So anyway, but I, I felt like I did get some good follow up that way. But Anna, even if it's not a group that you're building an ongoing relationship with, I mean, you can still use it for your next class planning, surely. I mean, it's yeah. the, I, one, it seems like one of the things that you want to get out of it is helping out the the learners with whatever they, you know, didn't get. But the other thing is you want to improve your own session planning. So mm-hmm. the other thing I was just thinking of is that, um, I mean, it could come down from the powers that be that they don't want me doing this anymore or maybe, you know, whatever, that my time should be spent elsewhere. And maybe if I could coordinate, I can't even coordinate all that data together and say, these are the things that the community has learned through the classes that I've done. I mean, you know, just something like a little mini report kind of thing. Um, I guess that's one thing I was mm-hmm. thinking as well, kind of validating what I'm doing, that I'm not in there just playing on Facebook. You know, I'm, I'm actually <laughs> helping. Well, I think the, uh, the recommending that to a colleague or a friend would actually get at that really well, you know, because mm-hmm. I think it's a really good value, you know, measure of what they felt the value of the class was. That's absolutely yeah. reportable. Yeah, and and that was actually something that I meant to include in my answer on 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 the thread, and and didn't is that you'll whatever you're doing, you're going to get feedback, and you're going to get things that people say that you can quote and use, you know, either in your annual report or you know in in making the case to administrators that you should be allowed to continue to do this or that they should continue to support it. You'll get people saying, oh yeah, this was the greatest thing ever. You know, and you save those. You know, you save those those ones and and keep them in a file so that you can pull them out and say, no, really, this was worth doing. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Sure. And you can really show the value of programming that way. If you say, look, this program had, you know, 50% of the class said they would recommend library programming to their friend, their family, whatever, um, you know, that, which is, I guess, basically what you just said, but I'm agree. <laughs> <laughs> well, the other thing, Catherine, hey, there's also, that. oh, go ahead, go ahead, Rachel. I feel like I'm totally oh. manipulating monopolizing this conversation yeah. tonight. No, you're fine. Um, I was going to say, uh, Things like being invited to speak elsewhere, like that really speaks highly to it, too. Like this person saw what you had to say and thought it was great enough that they wanted to bring it into another environment. You know, like that's really powerful, Mm -hmm. even more powerful than an individual evaluation. So I don't know. Yeah, I feel so warm and fuzzy, you guys. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) I did want to – one of the other things Catherine had mentioned on the thread was about um, a a, a uniform – evaluation form that uh, everybody would use, something across the board, which we had done at Emory. And it was kind of funny because she had said, if you're going to do a team-based form that everyone will use, have the team participate in 
creating this form, which is totally what I didn't do at Emory University. And I mean, it was, it was a subgroup <laughs> that did it. And then we were kind of like the ones, you know, shouting down from the mountain, you will use this form. And it, <laughs> it was tough. But I mean, I thought that was interesting. I want to know if you, if, that, if that's, if you've had experience with that, because, um, I oh no! I just I just totally pulled this out of my ear. I have I have no experience with doing anything <laughs> like this at all. <laughs> but it's, it's uh, see, I mean it it fits with it fits with other kinds of leadership management organizing things that I've that I've done before, and it's it it sort of fits with the way that those have worked, and it's and basically applying principles that I learned that I've learned in other in other contexts to this kind of a this kind of a situation. It's funny because it's really, I remember it from my business class. I want to say it's like Richard Deming's philosophy, but I can't remember. But it was kind of getting everybody involved, not just the top tier management or whatever. It was, and and I, was, I was trying to wrap my head around getting 40 people in a room and we're all going to work on this evaluation form, which maybe I could have come in with a straw man and we could have ripped it apart or whatever. But um, which maybe that would have been the way to go. Yeah, I mean, just. That way, I just know within our subgroup, it took us forever. I mean, the wordsmithing was insane. Um, but I mean, I, I was happy with what we came up with, and I guess the big hurdle then was just having making sure everybody was using this form, this the feedback at the end of the class, and it really was just to get some kind of programmatic, I guess, overview of our instruction program. I remember having a lot of difficulties implementing it. Um, I liked the assessment personally, um, but I always feel like I can't spare the minutes that it takes, you know, and that I'm asking them instead of them getting to leave. Mm-hmm. You know, like they, they just yeah. have no incentive to actually be thorough in their responses when yeah. all they want to do is get to their next class. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. And like with the lecture types where they don't have computers in front of them, mm-hmm. you know, like I, this morning I had 45 students and some had laptops. Um, some of them didn't. And I thought about doing some sort of evaluation, but I feel like the best I could come up with was, do you guys all feel prepared to go do your research assignment, you know, and hope that they don't all scowl at me? But that's not really <laughs> helpful feedback, you know. So I, Do you have I a standard form you use right now? Nope. We have no standard assessment anything. And they keep asking, and they say, well, go make one if you want one. <laughs> so, and that, I never get around to it. <laughs> I just want someone to give me one and make me use it, because I apparently won't make myself do it. <laughs> um, what about uh, you, Jason? Do you have one at Georgia State that you use? We're, no, we're not. Um, and we, we do have an assessment librarian. Um, she doesn't just do instruction assessment. That's really... Um, uh, that really kind of falls to the subject librarians to manage for themselves. Um, so it's something that we've talked about that we need, but we haven't really implemented anything. And it's it's really just kind of left up to the individual to do, you know, self-assessment, I guess, for for lack of a better word, but, but to manage their own instruction assessment. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, we've got, we've got an assessment librarian, but she is – assessing not so much instruction but all kinds of assessment data throughout the whole library mm-hmm. um, and so instruction would just be a very small part of her portfolio there um, so short answer no 
<laughs> we don't, but we know we yeah. need something. Yeah. So, um, Rachel, you uh, mentioned that you've made a little bit of uh, you've had some updates about your um, your campus uh, info literacy initiative. Do you want to talk about that? I would love to talk about that. Why yeah. don't you, Yay! please? <laughs> um, so I, this is probably my only my vision. I think some other people share it, but I'm the one that's like really, I don't know. I get really jazzed. <laughs> um, but I, so we have some very successful programs Um in place where the librarians are going into classes and we see every student in that program and so that you know when they graduate they've gotten you know the subject specific information literacy but it doesn't appear uh, I think in two programs it appears but everywhere else it's just you know piecemeal it's up to the individual instructor um, and maybe you try and contact them and some of them are more willing to work than others um, so what I've been trying to do is set up some more programmatic information literacy um, for the sciences. So um, some of it, I, I guess, I, I think maybe, I don't know if this will be useful to anybody else, but I'm going to talk about it anyway, uh, is we just started implementing campus-wide um, assessment of learning outcomes. So for each department, they have to come up with things that uh, a student in that major should know by the time they graduate. And then um, theoretically, each individual course should kind of respond to what they're teaching along that path, right? Um, so I got my, my hands on the science ones, and I've been contacting the heads of the departments um, to try and set up meetings to talk about it, um, as well as some of the people that I've already done instruction with to talk about, you know, ways that we could uh, improve. And so far, uh, the reactions have been very mixed. Um, psychology was like, we don't have time for you. Come back, you know, next month, next month, next month. Um, one other one, I got shunted to one person in the department who said, yeah, it sounds great. I'm more than happy to work with you. Um, but, and I've sent him a couple of emails and we, you know, haven't gotten the ball rolling yet, I guess. Um, but one thing that has come out of it is that we're talking to the, um, oh shoot, I'm not going to be able to remember what her title is, but it's like a vice dean of the college that's responsible for science. I get really confused with like provosts and deans, you know, <laughs> vice and chairs. The, the ombuds person. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it gets so confusing, but she's someone that like coordinates a bunch of departments. Um, so we're supposed to meet meeting with her to discuss more broadly, you know, strategic incorporation of information literacy in the sciences. Um, so I'm kind of trying a top down and a bottom up approach at the same time. Um, so we'll see, but I got my, my first real nibble, um, right before the day I left for ALA, um, I was giving a presentation on research and writing throughout AU, um, with a bunch of writing instructors actually. And we're all talking about, you know, our students are graduating without enough writing skills, without enough research skills. This is a big problem. What can we do about it? And after that, one of the chemistry professors came up to me and he said, uh, we're redesigning our whole laboratory. You know, like instead of having individual chemistry laboratories, they're going to have one big laboratory for all the chemistry classes. And we want you to be involved in how it's prepared. That's fantastic. So, That's great. I know. I'm so excited. And chemistry is like not one. I've taught one course in chemistry. I've been a science librarian for five years. So and granted at Emory, I wasn't the chemistry librarian, but still, 
it, chemistry to me is not something that I associate with, you know, has a heavy hand in library partnership. Um, I don't care from them very often. So I'm really excited. And as always, stay tuned. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Well, I know you've been giving us regular um, progress updates uh, on this, so that's that's really cool. I I, uh, I can hear how excited you are, which is great. Yeah. Um, did you you were talking about the standards, and I was wondering if if you base those on something like the ACRL standards, or or if there's like, are there national science information literacy standards? You know, well, actually, um, the committee that I am active in SDS, which is part of ACRL, is actually taking that on right now. There's a task force to look at um, information literacy standards for each of the science disciplines. But um, the departmental learning outcomes are created by the departments, and so the library had no input into that. So what I was doing, like for biology, they actually included informational literacy, is how they put it, hmm. uh, as one of their um, things that students should know. So I was able to use that as a, hey, you have this in your learning outcomes. What are you guys actually doing to teach this to your students? You know, like what classes are they getting this? And the answer I got was, well, we're not really doing it anywhere in a systematic fashion. You know, that's, isn't that always it, it seems like that's often the case. Like they just kind of everyone assumes that someone else is taking care of it. So I'm hoping, you know, at some point I can sit down with all of them and just say, OK, you know, where does it make sense to have information literacy and how can we insert it and let me help you make some assignments and, you know, make sure that we're getting this information to your students. And you were like, surprise, I have a degree in this. Let me tell you about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, I think most of my departments are used to dealing with me from the collection management side of, hey, I need to buy this book. And, you know, I did a weeding project over the summer. Um, so I think they're all still a little surprised to hear that I teach. Um, so I've been getting some word of mouth referrals, you know, like the, the class I taught this morning, she, another environmental science professor, um, told her that she should look me up, which was awesome. <laughs> so I think many faculty just don't realize how much we can do as librarians. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. I was actually, I was talking with a faculty member last semester about something. I don't remember what it was. And I got talking about how, you know, students will come to the reference desk asking how to cite things in various formats. And she was like, it never occurred to me that librarians would know about that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, dude, that's one of our top 10 reference questions. How do I cite this? (laughs) Well, we're right, we're right there near the citation manuals. Of course, they're going to ask us, you know how to use this, right? (laughs) Right, here's Chicago Mail. I'll, I'll just chuck it at you. You you figure it out on your own. There right, you right. Um, well, let me mention uh, for listeners, it looks like Anna has dropped her connection, unfortunately. So uh, we're going to soldier on without her for a few more minutes. Um, but uh, we're, we're getting near the end of the hour anyway, and we usually shoot for an hour. Do you guys have anything else that you wanted to particularly um, talk about tonight before we run out of time? And oh, we do have a few minutes yet. Um, okay, well, we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and wrap up there uh, for the first episode of 2011. Um, thank you, as always, for listening. We're gonna put links to all of the stuff that we mentioned, as much of it as we can think of, uh, like the uh, LSW thread on Friend Feed, uh, of course, Catherine's blog, and so on. Uh, we will link to all of that in the show notes. 
at uh, adlibinstruction.blogspot.com. And I'll be uh, watching my I'll be watching my Google Analytics stats very closely. Let me tell you. <laughs> Watch your Google Analytics stats. Let me just let me um, plug your blog one more time because uh, it's one of uh, a handful of blogs that I I really follow closely for library instruction stuff. Um, yours and uh, Iris, who's going to be on next month. And yes. uh, really just a couple of other people um, <laughs> that I can think of. I mean, just, just a handful of blogs that I, I always know I can count on for, like, really good, thoughtful posts about um, library instruction. So uh, do check out Catherine's blog if you don't subscribe to it already. And, Thank uh, you. Sure. Well, absolutely. <laughs> and thanks again for being on uh, this month, Catherine. And, uh, oh, hey, it's been, it's, been a, it's been a fun time. I've had a great time. Thank you for having me. Terrific. And uh, we will uh, catch you all again next month. Thanks for listening. Adventures in Library Instruction is produced by Rachel Borcher, Jason Puckett, and Anna Van Skoik. It's released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial License. To subscribe, go to our website at adlibinstruction.blogspot.com. Leave comments and suggestions on the blog or email us at adlibinstruction at gmail.com. Our opening theme song is Dropping Out of School by Brad Sucks, and our closing theme is Higher Education by the Napoleon Bonapartes. Both are available at magnatune.com. Contact the library schools and the American Library Association. They are able to give you valuable advice.